104.7's Ryan and Tanya. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. They're just like you, only much weirder. For a faulty joint replacement compensation claim, mej.com today you. Hit 104.7. when we win the right place at the wrong time. The right place at the wrong time. I went to a Japanese-themed party on the weekend. I was dressed as a sushi man. Mm. Bridget was dressed in a little kimono number uh, that we, she'd been out to buy during the day because of the big party. And we rocked up, and the party is next week. Mm. Are you available next week? No, I'm pretty oh, busy. No. It's a long weekend, yeah. so. Oh, yeah, of course. This uh, is the last family and community day. Really? Yeah, because next year it's moved to some other day in May or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, the families and communities will suffer. <laughs> um, let's go to Beck in Gungahlin. Beck, right place at wrong time. Yeah, so I'm in a band and, yeah, we had a gig on and we were super excited about it. So mm-hmm. we started uploading our like yeah, our equipment and then mm-hmm. the bar staff told us, what are you doing? And we found out our gig was not that night, the night after. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's just so weird mentally, isn't it, when you're like, no, nah, but I prepared for it to be this night and I've got my stuff and I'm ready to go. <laughs> and, we prom- and we promoted the wrong night as well, mind oh, you. God. <laughs> Wait, oh. did that mean a whole bunch of people rocked up? Yeah. Oh, God. Then what you do is blame them. No, guys, it's tomorrow. You were wrong. What did you actually do? Uh, We just sort of laughed. We were like, can we play anyway? And the bar staff said no. So then we just stayed there, had a few waters and... A couple ales and went on our way. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. We just rocked and then we just came the um, the same night and, yeah. Was it all good the next day? Yeah, it was the next day. Yeah, yeah it would have been. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. pretty good. Cool. Hey, guys, back again. <laughs> Suckers. Didn't bring any friends this time. Uh, well, <laughs> Advertised the wrong date. <laughs> Sophie, right place, wrong time. What happened? Um, at the airport a day early, missed my auntie's wedding. Oh. Wait, what do you mean? If you were early, wouldn't that have worked out? No. Yeah, no, because um, then I lost my ticket. Yeah. <laughs> of course. With all the frazzles and everything like that, because they took it on the first one. And then when I yep. went to board the plane, the guy was just like, no, you're a day early. And then they were like, yeah, we can't can't do anything about that. Yep. Flight's full. Can't pay to get more. But, and you um, missed a wedding. So was it, how's the auntie feel about that? Did she understand? Uh, well, she's a hippie, so I guess it was okay. But it was the first time she's been married in 40 years. Yeah, right. What do you mean the first time she'd been married no. in 40 years? <laughs> well, she was a late bloomer. She's a late bloomer? Right. Right. And I mean, I the, thought she was like, the first know, marriage is often one of the more important ones. 140. <laughs> you guys are a vampire a family that are just always <laughs> awake and alive. Well, she was a hippie, so maybe she um, you know, was, had a couple of ju- jazz cigarettes at the wedding and probably didn't even realise that Sophie wasn't there. <laughs> so everyone's had a great time, oh, including the Japanese. <laughs> It's like a random theme. Wait, does he like Japan? I still don't understand. There's Japanese artwork up on the walls, lots of Asashi, Asahi beers and some Japanese cocktails and stuff like that and and a Japanese DJ. Yeah, but, like, why? Why? Some J-pop. But, like, does does he like Japan? Got to dress up for something. He just just picked a theme. Oh, the theme's Canberra, guys, so wear what Canberrans would wear. That sounds boring. No, you would. You'd go as the dick owl, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah, maybe. Some public <laughs> servants come after work. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Hit 104.7. How's this? Last night, I get a message from Tom at nine, and he's supposed to finish work at nine, mm. saying this. I'll be a while. An old bloke just rocked up at the district in mm. Christ, a little restaurant. Yep. Um, he locked himself out of his unit, and he's confused. And I was like, 
what is going on? And you know when you're like, because we wake up so early, I was mm. in bed at 8.30, yep. and I was like, what is this? An old bloke is locked. What? What's and going on? So he can't get, and he's going to go on, I'll go to the local cafe and just lob there and, and try and figure out what I'm going to do. Well, I didn't realise this. There's an aged care facility in Crace. Oh, God. Oh, God. I didn't know that at all. Someone argue that Crace is an aged <laughs> care facility, and I would be one of them. No, it's full of youth, there's lots of kids and families and yep. working professionals. Oh, it's good that they visit their family, yeah. But apparently what happened was um, this guy had dementia and he locked himself out of his apartment, didn't have shoes on, oh God. walked up to the district and Tom was on like the closing shift yeah. and he was like, hey, mate, like I've lost my stuff. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I am. Really disorientated. Yeah. He'd probably been walking around Christ for, for hours or yeah. whatever and it was freezing last night. Yep. It's like, I'll just stay here until I can figure it out in the morning or whoever However, he articulated himself. But and he said the words in the morning. Well, me, I think that, his intention was to stay there overnight because yeah. he locked himself out, poor thing. And I think that's where the staffs kind of go, well, uh, you won't be sleeping here. Yeah, well, um, I think he, he, was, he was probably going to stay outside or just, you know, and, and Tom was like, no. And so what he did was he, and can you imagine walking someone with dementia in the dark to try and find their house? You can't get, wouldn't get him in the car? Well, maybe he did get him yeah. in the car, actually, because yeah. he told me this at midnight and I was like, I had one eye no, open going, yeah. what's the meaning of yeah. life? So maybe he did get him in the car mm-hmm. and they found his house yep. and had to wait for a locksmith. So Tom had to call a locksmith. This guy had no phone, no wallet. Yeah, right. This poor man's got complete dementia. Like, I just Far feel out. so sorry for him. And Imagine if that was f- your grandfather. Like, you're yeah. just awful. He and, was able to find his house, though. But the, and this, yeah, so they waited and Tom waited with him for two hours for the locksmith to come. They opened mm-hmm. the door, got in. And this old because I've woken up this morning. There's a bottle of Moey on the uh, you know couch downstairs. Oh, the old Moet Chandon. Yeah, and I was like, what's this? Like, what is that? And Tom said that it's a bottle of, like, 1988 Moe. It was the only thing that this old man could give Tom to say thank you. And he stole from an old man. And I was like, yeah, you shouldn't have taken it. <laughs> and he was like, well, it cost me $160 for what? the locksmith. And, and Tom, Tom paid the locksmith? Tom paid for it and because he just couldn't bear to have this old man walking around. Isn't that, like, the nicest thing? I it is. thought that was lovely. Here I was saying, thinking, oh, I can't believe he took the uh, the moet off an old man. But after 160, I mean, maybe take three next time, Tommy. I mean, well, yeah. Don't, don't sell yourself short. The other thing I thought was, if this man has dementia, and deme- oh, my my grandfather had dementia, and he mm. he passed away, right. and it's an awful condition. But if this man had dementia, do we know that that was his apartment? Mm. I just, I, I, I just. You worry. walk inside, and there's like a family <laughs> portrait of a. Of a black family. <laughs> Who are this these is guys? home. It's my favourite TV show, Family Ties. <laughs> Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Kit 104.7. Right now, 131060, what do you do when you sleep? Yeah, my friend, <laughs> still makes me laugh, uh, is a Mona. So how's it go again? Oh, don't play the music because it's not like that. That's well, just sound, how she sleeps. Sure and she's like slept it. like this since she was 12. So it's like a... Um... <laughs> just take a moment before you do it, just a... Don't look at me when you do it, though. <laughs> there it is. Yep. <laughs> it's so weird. It's just been doing it forever, and I forgot about it. And we slept in the same bed over the weekend. I was like, oh, girl, it's so it's, full on. It's a sleep moaner. It's, but sleep just, moaner. When you wake up to it, it's kind of shocking. You're like, oh, oh no, that's just oh, how she sleeps. Yep. But if, if you didn't know she did that, you'd be real confused. Real revved up. Lukey, what are you doing in your sleep, bro? Well, it's certainly not moaning. Oh, my giddy aunt Tanya, that reenaction. I mean, how? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how real. That's how he, like, she actually does it, Luke. 
I'm, I'm sure she does, but oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, my, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a moaner. However, my family knows me quite well as the sleepwalker, and not just not just a casual walking around, mm-hmm. you know, days to confuse. More like if I'm dreaming something specific, I'm I'm living that moment. For example, oh it was about three in the morning, and in my dream, my sister was being attacked in her room by I can't even remember what it was, but something was attacking her, and I was yeah. there to save her. I bust into her room, flicked her light on, and was screaming and like trying to grab her and save her at three in the morning while she'd been fast asleep for several hours. And the poor girl and my parents were quite shocked oh for that God. rude awakening. Do you always do that, or just you just something you did when you were younger? It was, it was a lot more prevalent when I was younger. However, mm. every now and again, if I am, say, unwell and it's very hot and, you know, I'm finding it hard to breathe um, and it's, it's just very warm, then, yeah, I'll kind of start moving around and, and getting amongst things. I'll come down and find out I've done my um, my dishwashing or something like that. And I'm like, what? oh. That's what? unbelievable. Yeah, I think... What? um You've I think done your washing? I think heat is something to do with it because I was like a sleepwalker as well and if it was a hot night when I was little, mum said she found me like out in the garden just having a look around. Ew. Just cruising That's around. That's creepy as. Oh. Just a, a, a child asleep playing in the garden at 2am. Are you kidding? Just enjoying the flowers. That's weird. Oh. Glenn, what happens when you sleep? Uh, it's not actually me. It's my brother-in-law. What's he do? Uh, he chases things around his room. So one night uh, I was staying at my girlfriend's house, who's now my wife, and I heard a bit of a bang and a crash in his room. I thought, oh, I better go see if he's all right. So I went in there and he was looking under the bed and I said, what are you doing? He said, oh, there's an elf in here. And he was chasing the elf around the room. So I just said, all right. Good luck. <laughs> I love the way you didn't think anything of it. Is it the thing, Glenn, that you're, you're not supposed to wake them because that can, like, oh. scare them and shock them and it's that you kind of just got to let them be? Uh, yeah, I think so. Did you know he know. was asleep, though? No, no idea. Oh, so you're just like, oh, he's just doing his thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, good, good luck. Hope you get it. Hope you get your elf. <laughs> he, had another, he had another one where he thought that someone was uh, drowning in quicksand. There was something on them, pushing yeah. them down in the quicksand. And he woke up and he was holding his bedside table. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. So he didn't drown <laughs> into the sheets. That's fascinating. I'd love to know the psychology of it. Is it yeah, that or just the, yeah, well, it must be something. Must, like, do you think it's like a deep it. subconscious? Like, what? why does that happen? Well, it's just sometimes when you're really, really tired, like you're overtired almost, you can just, you don't even know that you're asleep or awake or it's all a bit of a yeah. daze. Like I, when I was doing the night shift at the hotel, I think I've told you this before, mm. um, I'd do the 11 p.m. till 7 a.m. and then go home to bed. And I remember mum said that I was in her room at like 10 a.m., like yelling at her, I'm like, we forgot to do the wake up calls. Like, and we got to get rooms. So you were just completely asleep. Yeah, because I was so tired and so like in work yeah. mode, she was like, yeah, you were just sort of yelling at me about something. Then if that's the case for that, why is Ashley moaning? Well, you're in the bed next to her, so you tell me, Tim. Just <laughs> getting much sleep? A little bit warm in their room? No, it's not like that. Well, I'm no expert, but that's exactly what was happening. No. <laughs> get up with Ryan and Tanya. Hit 104.7. When people are in a fight or they get kicked out of some place, it's always someone else's fault. Yeah. Well, let me tell you that when I got kicked out of a bar at the Wallabies versus Argentina on Saturday night at Geo Stadium, it was definitely someone else's fault. Doubt it. 
What am I? Tell us the story. Tell so, all right, so I don't know. It's half time, right? And um, I needed to go to the bathroom. And so I went into this like weird bar sort of area yeah. just to go to the bathroom. And the bar was full of suits, some corporate thing, I guess. Mm. I had this like VIP pass, which got me in the door. Um, but I wasn't too fussed because, again, I just wanted to go in to use the bathroom to, to leave again. Mm. So I come out of the, the gents and I'm heading back out the door. And this suit just comes over to me. He goes, excuse me, sir. You can't be here. Oh. You can't be here. Um, this is the presidential wanker's room. <laughs> you didn't say that. I think that's what he said. I think that's what he said. Yeah, um, close enough is near enough. We've got standards here. And, what? Um, you didn't say and that. And you're going to have to leave. Because <gasps> um, they're all in suits and I was just wearing jeans and a jacket because, you know, I was out there watching the game. Um, and when I was telling Matt about this earlier, Matty, you were surprised that... That, that anyone got kicked out of anywhere. You should be absolutely untouchable in a member's stand tent. <laughs> One time I was at the members of the SCG, the cricket. It was my dad's 50th, so probably about seven years ago now. Hmm. Um, and I ate some really bad food. No, you didn't. So I threw up <laughs> in many, the members' stand. How many beers yeah, did yeah, you yeah. have? Great cause? excuse, Matty. Look, I had my fair share, but I threw up, needless <laughs> to say, I threw up in the members' stand and still didn't get kicked <laughs> out. <laughs> untouchable. And it wasn't even in the bathrooms. It was like in the... Like in a pot seat. plant or something? Yeah. Like just at his seat. He just threw up in between his own legs and just kept sitting there and watching the game. Yeah. And that's how... And, still and you just were wearing out. jeans. That's how members should be treated. Be, yeah, With okay. the utmost of disrespect that they can sit in their own filth and still not get kicked out. <laughs> Matty, now, you're a mess, mate. All these, now, in the presidential wankers room, they've got, um, like, everyone's behind the glass and they're drinking oh, okay. red wine and they're probably talking about their yachts and uh, they, you can't even see the game in there. I mean, why would you even bother driving out to Belcon and just sit behind? Like, why wouldn't you just mm. go to a bar if you're not going to watch a game? Um, so I've come out of the bathroom and I'm I'm trying to leave. Mm. Like, I'm, try, like yeah. I'm, I'm walking from the bathroom to go back out to my seat in the stands and... Um, and he got he he comes over and he goes, oh, "Sorry, you um you can't come in." And I said, "I'm already in. Yeah. And I'm trying to get out." <laughs> you make no sense. Yeah, I, he goes, "You you can't come in." And I was like, "I'm I'm trying to leave. Like, yeah. I'm, like you're holding me up, leaving your crap party. Right. That's what's going on here." Um. So the game was great. He was a jerk, and I would describe his uh, partner's outfit choice as brave. Oh my god! And, um, <laughs> yeah, everyone had a very good time. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Hit one hundred four point seven. Right now, we're doing the relationship test. If a couple gets all the same answers correct, they will have a glorious, glorious night at Nightfest. Will your love win it all, or will you be left with nothing? Oh. Nightfest, double the fun across two weekends. Visit floriadaustralia.com/nightfest. Ryan and Tanya's relationship test on Hit one hundred four point. Erin and Lockie, thank you so much for coming in this morning. Thank you. Now, are you guys confident about this? A bit nervous? You're looking a bit nervous, Erin. Pretty nervous, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm nervous. nervous. <laughs> Is it because you really want the night away or are you kind of like, I hope he's got things right? Or, or like, what's I don't know, the... I'm just really competitive, I guess. Yeah. Got to win. Got to win. And what yeah. about for you, Lockie? Yeah, I hope I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is yours right now is one night's accommodation at The Avenue, dinner for two at Marble and Grain, a double pass to Night Fest and a bottle of spice. If you get all four right, that's all yours. But every time you get a question wrong, we take one away. And the first one we'll take away is that night's accommodation. And you guys are from Yass, right? Well, I'm from Yass and he lives in Dunlop, so we don't actually live together. Okay. I'm doing... I'm in my last year of my law degree. Whoa! And my... Mum and dad moved to Malaysia because my dad got posted. Yeah. So I'm out at Yass House sitting with my sister and then Lachlan's at his place. So a, a, a night away in the city in a nice hotel, that'd be really nice. nice yeah, it would be. would be nice. And yeah. you guys also have a daughter and you're engaged. You've been together for seven years. 
I'm loving your backstory. <laughs> I want you to win. All right, here we go. First question, Lockie, what do you think is Aaron's best feature? And of Ooh. course, we've got to get the same answer here. Um, her eyes. Let's have a listen. I don't know. I'd probably have to say eyes. Bang, correct. And she wasn't showing up. She was like, I don't know. Yeah. Everything's still in play here. Next question. Lucky, what job did you want to do when you were a child? What did you say, oh, this is what I want to do when I grow up? Uh, policeman. Police officer. Police Bang. officer. Whoa! Now, you were nervous about that because it was between two things. Yeah, police officer or a chef. Because I remember in high school, we did hospitality together because we wanted to be a chef. Ooh. I love that you guys are high school sweethearts. Is that accurate, Lucky? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, that is, that is good. I was nervous about that 50-50. <laughs> we asked Erin what you thought you were best at or what you were good at. And to be fair, Erin was like, oh, Lockie's sort of pretty humble and I don't know. But she did give us an answer. So what do you think she said? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um... This is for not that night's accommodation. If you get it wrong, this goes begging. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, we need an answer here. AFL. He's pretty good at footy. Bang! Yes! yes! <laughs> oh, it's three from three. Three Ooh, from three. Sweating in here. It's like... I can oh, confirm you have won. Nervous. The bottle of sparkling, you have won. Uh, dinner for two at Marble and Grain, and you've won a double pass to Night Fest. So if you want to get the whole package, including that night's accommodation, it all comes down to this one. Ooh. And I actually reckon this was the one that I was a bit iffy about. Yeah. Okay. He's a bit unsure about. What do you most look forward to when the weekend's coming up? What's the what do you look forward to? And what do you, or more importantly, what do you think Erin thinks you look mm. forward to? <laughs> Spending time with her. Alright, let's have a listen. Spending time with me. Oh, you guys cleaned up the relationship. That's awesome. That awesome. Unbelievable. Erin and Lockie, let me just go through the list once again. A bottle of sparkling, dinner for two at Marble and Grain, the double pass to Nightfest, and a night's accommodation, including buffet breakfast for two at the Avenue. Guys, well done. Amazing. Yeah. Also, you guys just seem like the most gorgeous couple. That yeah. is so awesome. I'm so stoked for you guys. Thanks. Thanks for giving us the opportunity. No worries. Oh, Lockie. So fun. I love you. <laughs> Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Kit 104.7. I feel weird saying it's the hardest job in camera because I feel like the job of Chief Minister would be a pretty big and tough mm. job. Well, that... just, just filling out T-shirt orders for radio hosts. <laughs> I <know. laughs> uh, Chief Minister Andrew Barr joined us. Is it normal to get re- clothing requests? Oh, wait, you're up. Well, I mean, I, I no. sort of was inviting it by uh, by posting that, yes, you can get these uh, awesome uh, rainbow CBR T-shirts yes. at the Canberra shop at Floriad. And, uh, but unfortunately, I, I rode my bike in and oh, rode my bike home. Thin. and then, and we don't then have I, to rub it in. You're exercising. then I checked my, uh, my Instagram and you know, there was the uh, T-shirt Tanya, order. sliding into <laughs> Well, I was just like, look, if you're there, I'll see you tomorrow. Well, I've got some cash ready to go. You know? And then Ryan said it was weird for me to offer you cash, which I didn't even think. Is that weird? It's for a T-shirt. Well, I guess to reimburse for a T-shirt, it's probably not too bad, is yeah, it? Yeah, but could yeah. you imagine if the Canberra Times got their hand yeah, on a, a picture know, of yes, Andrew Barr receiving that's right, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so not a good look. Um, well, I do. You've got a, a CBR rainbow the, pin yes, the today. I've got the rainbow pin on today. Yeah, um, you, I mean, can we buy these? Are they available? Can we go to They are the hottest item in the city. Yes, and I think there's a new order coming and they'll be at the Canberra shop as well. Yeah, we've got to say, we've got to commend you on everything that you're doing for for the Yes campaign at the moment because the No campaign is ramping up and it's actually really awful. I've seen some of the stuff. It's a pretty tough time for for people at the moment and that's, that's why I think the... Um, I guess you're hearing a lot in the news about a, a big uh, increase in mm-hmm. uh, in calls into counselling services and the like, because it is uh, pretty confronting for a lot of people to uh, have a national conversation about 
their relationships, mm-hmm. their families, uh, who they are as individuals. It's a it's a pretty tough thing at the moment. I don't know if it's just because we're here, but it's it feels like Canberra and the ACT is sort of leading the way for the Yes campaign and quite progressive. Is that how you're seeing it as well? Yeah, look, I, I think this this city has always been at the forefront of, yep. uh, of, of social change and inclusion. And, and I think we value diversity. And Maybe because it's sort of interesting side, 400,000 people, so sort of small enough that mm. everyone knows everyone, yeah. um, but, you know, big enough that, yeah, we've got a voice in the national debate. There is some critics that are sort of questioning whether it's it's your job as the, the head of state here to spend money on, on a campaign one side and not the other. What, what well, I think, yeah, I mean, that? we're not formally funding... Uh, either side. What what we are doing though is providing resources uh, into counselling and support services, mm. yeah. uh, and we have a policy that was has been in place, see, for quite some time yeah. before any of these uh, these surveys uh, to make Canberra uh, Australia's most gay and lesbian friendly city. Uh, and so we are a major sponsor of the Spring Out Festival, which is... Oh, what's uh, that? It's the annual uh, Gay and Lesbian Festival in this city. It's been running for about 18 years now, uh, since the, the late 1990s. And we're, we're a, a sponsor. We're not the only sponsor, obviously, yeah. but there mm-hmm. are others. And so, you know, we have, uh, at various times over the years, uh, uh, painted the, the town rainbow, and we're, yeah. we're doing it again. Um like you said before, we've found out that there's been an increase in calls to services for help. And um, just sort of personally, what is it like when you see the the no campaign is about the place? Like that sky riding on the weekend? Yeah, I yeah. Well, I think there was a bit of pride when I saw yeah. that. It's yeah. a bit of ambush marketing. Someone added a W to it, so it just mm. went vote now. Yeah, that's clever. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, but oh, look, it's it's uh, quite a lively debate, and you know, and of course, both sides are able to to put their views. The I guess the interesting thing for, for people to observe is you know well, how that's done mm. uh, and what sorts of things are said. Look, I'm in I'm in politics. I've got a, a reasonable degree of uh, you know I guess of the invisible armour things. Yeah. You, you, you sort of get used to uh, having free character assessments given to you on yeah, a daily I basis. Volunteered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but for a lot of people, that's not you know that's not the life they've chosen. It's not their profession, uh, and yet. There is this, you know, quite intense conversation going on uh, around the whole country about about them as individuals and whether they should be equal Australians, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it some of the stories we're hearing, like, and just the comments yeah. on, that you see on threads, you just feel sick yeah, to, when you read them. To be yeah, honest, there's a lot of yeah. sort of, you know, you can be behind uh, an anonymous, uh, you know, social media mm. um, account or whatever. Yeah, there's some pretty terrible things that are being said. But sometimes it's not just, uh, you know, an anonymous on the internet. It's, uh, you know, it's quite public mm. uh, yeah. on, you know, on, on television or on radio. And that's it. That's pretty confronting. But that was what was always going to happen, uh, yeah. which is why it's important to, to speak up and support the community now. Yeah. Mm. One of, I told this story last week on air. One of my friends is a tradie. Um, his name is Phil. He's with my good friend Liam they've been together for 10 years and he said to the guys do you mind if I just put a poster up in the smoko room I'm not going to tell you who to vote for I'm not going to ask it would just mean a lot to me to Mm. put the poster up and and one of the guys tore it down and, and threw it in the bin and he went and got it out and put it back put up it back there. Put it back up again? Good and on he, him. And he, yeah and I thought what an absolute legend and I, I spoke to him over the weekend and his vibe was this sucks I, I hate what's happening right now but I feel like if we can just get through this at least even if it's the wrong way to get it done at least we're going to get it done. Yeah. What, what's your vibe of, like, what do you actually predict is, is going to happen? 
Look, a lot of it depends on on turnout. Uh, yeah. The the way the survey's being conducted is really skewed against young people. I think we saw a great example of that here in Canberra on the weekend, where I think there were seven apartment complexes that had all of their surveys left out in the rain. Yeah, uh, I so, didn't see that actually. That's awful. Yeah, so yeah. you know, people who haven't even got their survey form, and they, they tend to be in areas where younger people uh, yeah, are living. Well, Taylor, like who works units. here, works in a share house, and he reckons twenty letters have rocked up because no one because no one their changed their address. Yeah. yeah oh so my that, god, of course. Yeah. yeah so all of the flaws in the system there but a very simple message if, if you haven't got your survey form yet and you probably should have if you're living in Canberra or mm. the region mm. now you can contact the ABS and, and get one sent to you or if yours was damaged got wet or whatever you can get a replacement form so this matters this is going to change uh, you know the lives of a lot of people in this country and make it a, a better place so don't miss this opportunity uh, because it's you know, not not one that's going to come along again I suspect in the in the near future so uh, get your form get it in now that red post box that yeah. you know something we don't use that often I know, anymore I, know. But, I uh, actually didn't yeah. know where my local one yeah, was well, there, there's quite a lot of them and there is a website that tells you where they all are uh, but just you know, think about getting that form filled out and putting it in the post box. It doesn't cost you anything. It's uh, it's free to post back. Yep. Uh, and just you know, make sure you plan how you're going to do it because that's the, the other thing. When we don't post letters that no. often. No. Yep. That letter I posted, my survey form was the first one I've done in a while because you send emails. <laughs> I know. You know you do it. It's Chat so old on school. Facebook. Um, mm, yeah. yeah. We. Uh, while you're in here, Andrew, we just want to ask because I, I always get excited about a fast train. So I know. Sorry to get off yep. topic for no, just no, quickly, no, but all good. It's a good topic. We when, need a faster train. When yeah. realistically will there be a fast? Because we actually had a competition earlier this year. Tanya and I, I drove to Sydney, and, I and flew. Tanya flew, and the annoyance of security in the tarmac and whatever versus and the just expense also yeah. of and we, flying. And where in Sydney were you going? Who won? We went to the, C- the central central station. Central and station. Tanya beat me by about fifteen minutes. Mm. There we go. Yeah, I drove yeah. way too fast. So. How how long? How long? Okay. Well, look, a fast train. Okay, so a faster train. So what we're talking about now is something that would get the journey down um, from Kingston Railway Station to Central to about three hours, which would be uh, competitive with. I'm not talking like Japanese. No, it's not bullet train. No, (laughs) that's another project which you know sort of is costs ten billion dollars or something. I'm talking about something that's in the hundreds of millions, so it's quite feasible. The, The Australian government has a program now where they want to get faster rail links between major cities. Uh, I'm working with the New South Wales government uh, on that Canberra-Sydney route. We've got the the Sydney Lord Mayor Clover Moore on board as well. So uh, what we're looking at is a bit of track work, a new train and a a bit less congestion in the Sydney suburban network. And those three factors combined could knock about an hour, hour 15 minutes off the journey. Uh, It would be affordable Mm. uh, and in a new train to a little bit more comfortable than the old Rattlers we've got at the moment. Yeah, they are. Especially the the country trains. They are. You feel every bump, folks. Don't worry about that. (laughs) And the New South Wales government are buying new trains. So they run the service. There's a bit of track in the ACT, most of the track in New South Wales. But what we need is three governments working together, New South Wales, ACT and Australian government. And there is a process. Sounds like a nightmare. Oh, well, we're working on it. It's a big priority for us. Uh, We're working on it uh, and there's... We've got to bid for this this Commonwealth money uh, in the next 12 months, so that's what yep. we're doing right when now. When do you sleep? Because I'm watching you on uh, the <laughs> good Instagram stories, I must say. When, like, like, honestly, you're doing this, you're doing the Yes they, campaign. Keeping like, busy, yeah. Honestly, are you just not tired all the time? Oh, you get a little. You know, when you do sleep, you need to dream of good things. Yeah. Like, 
faster trains to <laughs> Always on brand. Oh, yes. Well, That's well, right. Chief Minister Andrew Barr, thank you so much for coming in this morning and especially thank you on behalf of, I would hope, the majority of people. Uh, I'm, I'm real proud to say that our head of state is leading the yeah, campaign for yes and we're real well, proud of you. And thanks, we, guys. And look, I, I guess what we're, we're aiming for in the ACT campaign is for Canberra to have the strongest yes vote in the country. Yep. All right. Well, let's get it done. If you're in a share house, for God's sakes, go and check the letterbox and uh, yeah. do the right thing. All right. Thanks again, Andrew. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Kit 104.7. I think I found the hardest job in Canberra. I witnessed the hardest job in Canberra over the weekend. Now, I'm trying to think what it is all the way through that song. Yeah, any guesses? No. Nah. I think a lot of call people... Call centre is all I thought. Or, so you know, not... when people... Call centre? That's like the easiest job. No, cold calling businesses, getting them to buy something, that seems hard. Yeah. Or people who have to stand, like, at your Westfields going, hey, would you like to buy this? Or... Yep. Like charity, that yep. sort of stuff? Yep. Oh, the charity, mate. That's you, you know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that most people actually think their job's hard. Like, everyone thinks their job, and every person's job has little tricky bits, sure. Mm. But the hardest job in Canberra I witnessed over the weekend, and it is the ground announcer at the rugby. <laughs> because I tell you, the names of these players are just unpronounceable. They can't pronounce their own names, mm. let alone give someone else the piece of paper and the microphone in front of, you know, 15, 20,000 people going, oh, can you just nail this? And you're like, what? Yeah, because even if you've practised and practised, there's so many people watching you. Yep. Now, and you just know you're going to get it wrong. Tanya, I've given you a list of a couple of names <laughs> and I'm going to get you to audition here. Now, to help you out, I've, uh, I've, given, you oh their, I've given you their positions and their numbers um, but what we need now, Maddie, what do you think we need? A bit of energy? Dan, maximum energy. So part okay. of the ground announcer's job is to also hype up the crowd and okay. get them excited for the game. Yeah, stand up, stand up. Yep. You're introducing these plays, the game's about to kick off. You're you're getting everyone hyped. <laughs> okay. Right, and these are all from the Australian Wallabies who played over oh, the weekend. Oh gosh, these names are really hard and so I I'm really up. sorry. So I know I'm gonna say these wrong. In the position of prop. What? Oh, and if you can give What's some, a prop? If you can give some career... It's like, uh, you know, in acting when they they carry a thing out. Oh, OK. Um, and, and again, give me some career highlights. Get, get me all revved up. In the position of prop in the number three jersey, Tidiera Faulkner. <laughs> he's kicked some balls, maybe. And maybe he's a goalie, but he's a prop too. So give it up for Tidiera. That was pretty good. Yeah, pretty it was good. very good. Obviously, there's no goalies in rugby, but yes, continue. <laughs> in the position of centre, in the number 13 jersey, oh, Jesus Christ, Tevahara Huta Kiraduranani. He's playing football with rugby. his legs. Get around him! Whoa, that is nice. <laughs> I reckon 100% effort, zero for pronunciation. Yep. In the position of hooker. Seriously? Apparently that's a thing in rugby, yeah. A hooker? Yep. yep. Okay. They, Both they, union they, and league. They stand in the at the front on the corner. <laughs> Ripped fishnets. Yep. In the position of hooker in Germany. More energy, energy. Oh, in the position of hooker in... This sounds a bit, uh, you know, like I'm doing the boxing. In jersey number two, oh, Tadafu Fu Polo Tanuau. Is that even close, Matt? No. <laughs> yes, but my energy was good. Was in the good. position of lock, in jersey number six, Lopatini Timanani. <laughs> he plays football and maybe has a wife. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
Maddie, if we were to give that a score so out of 10. I'm so sorry. This is so offensive. That is your 10 out of 10 for effort. Yeah. And, and for I'm cold reading these, by the way. Ryan, what do you reckon? 10 for effort, sure. Uh, for for racism, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> With Ryan and Tanya. Hit 104.7.